0: AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. This is AutoLine Daily for November 10, 2010, and now the news. General Motors posted its third quarter earnings this morning, and the numbers look pretty good. The company posted $34 billion in revenue and a net income of nearly $2 billion. GM made money in its core North American operations and in most other markets around the world, except Europe, which posted a loss of $600 million, which is significantly worse than in the preceding quarter. On a global basis, GM sold 2 million vehicles in the last three months, which is slightly better than before. But you know, it's impressive to see GM's growing financial strength despite such a slight increase in sales. Well, they could not prove it with science, so now they're just going to sue. Bloomberg reports that the Grocery Manufacturers Association, which is comprised of food and beverage companies, along with the American Petroleum Institute, are suing the EPA over raising the ethanol blend rate in gasoline to E15. At first, they said it would harm engines. When they could not prove that, they decided to challenge the EPA's authority to raise the blend rate. Meanwhile, Wards reports that fuel derived from algae Continues to look extremely promising, but requires a lot more R&D. Researchers say it will take another decade to determine if fuel from algae can be produced affordably on an industrial scale. And while we're on this topic of alternative fuels, Jack Roush of motor racing fame is complaining that vehicles that run on propane don't get any of the incentives offered to electric cars or ones that run on natural gas. Roush points out that propane burns as cleanly as natural gas and that the U.S. produces 90% of its own propane. And just so you know, when it's used in vehicles, propane is officially known as autogas. And on a global basis, autogas is the third most common fuel after gasoline and diesel. China's decision to drastically cut back on rare-earth metal exports, which are used to make batteries for hybrids and electric vehicles, has caused prices to skyrocket, Bloomberg reports. Over the past six months, prices have jumped as much as sevenfold. That has sent countries and companies scrambling to find other sources. Mining is starting to take place in Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Greenland because of China's cutback. Global demand for rare earths are expected to hit 225,000 tons in the next five years, compared with 125,000 this year. And in related news, commodity prices are on the rise. The Wall Street Journal reports that prices are close to new highs because of high demand for raw materials from emerging markets and from the U.S. Federal Reserve's decision to pump billions into the economy. Experts predict China's demand for oil could push the price to $110 a barrel by 2015. Two years back, commodity prices surged to unsustainable highs, then came crashing down when the global economy went south. And that's in part what led to the downturn in the auto industry. And speaking of raw materials, Renault set up a team to find ways to reduce costs and make sure the supply of raw materials is not a problem. Wards reports that the team came up with several proposals that could reduce raw material costs for the company by several hundred million euros by 2015. But Renault predicts that rising raw material prices could add up to a thousand dollars to the cost of a car within the next five years. If a foreign automaker wants to build cars in China, it has to set up a 50-50 joint venture with a Chinese manufacturer. But according to Gasco, the government is considering getting rid of that rule. Foreign OEMs are in favor of it because it will open up the market more. Many say it's hard to make quick decisions because of these joint ventures. But the domestic automakers in China don't want the rule to go away because they fear the foreign automakers are going to take control and dominate the Chinese market. Honda is shaking things up in Southeast Asia. According to Autoblog, the company is set to unveil a new subcompact car in Thailand. Honda hinted at things to come when it showed off its new small vehicle concept at New Delhi earlier this year. Details about this upcoming subcompact are skimpy at best, but it should be sold in both Thailand and India with a price tag of about $10,000. Right now, we have no idea what's under the hood or whether Honda will sell the car elsewhere in the world. The Detroit Free Press reports that Ford is expected to build a new Lincoln Sport Utility vehicle at its plant in Louisville, Kentucky. According to anonymous sources inside the company, the unnamed vehicle is still under development. It will be smaller than the Lincoln MKX crossover, and it's targeted at the Lexus RX. A formal announcement on the vehicle is expected early next month What's interesting here is that Louisville is the plant where UAW workers would not give concessions. As we reported a month or two ago, this caused Ford to pull the plug on building its European Couga crossover there, which is currently assembled in Saar-Louis, Germany, or so we thought. The new Lincoln SUV could be a version of the Kuga or a gussied up version of the Grand C-Max, which is also built in Saar-Louis, as well as Valencia, Spain. Hey, coming up next, it's time for You Said It. Introducing Bridgestone's third generation of run-flat tires with groundbreaking new Bridgestone technologies. Bridgestone run-flat tires offer improved ride comfort, lower rolling resistance, and improved wear while giving you the peace of mind and comfort you need. And now it's time for some of your comments. A number of you watched Monday's show when Christy Schweinsberg from Wards filled in for me and delivered an editorial very much in favor of electric cars. Tony Gray obviously liked what she had to say. Way to go, Christy, he says. But Ron Paris is clearly on the other side of this argument. Oh God, John's found an EV Evangelista to help us cleanse our icy, polluted souls. Give me a break and a number of you commented on how AutoLine Daily is now available for viewing on YouTube. Steve wrote in to say, I really like the ability to watch this on YouTube. Way to go! A little higher resolution would make full screen much better though. Steve, we're working on a higher resolution. Just you wait. But Flat Backstrat bemoans the fact we made this move. Why did you guys put this up on YouTube? Now AutoLine's going to be full of a bunch of idiots! Well, Flatback Strat has noticed that people on YouTube can be very nasty in their comments. But you know, we got pretty thick skins here. We know this is a good show, and we're not going to let the idiots get us down. Hey, don't forget to tune in to Auto Line After Hours tomorrow night for the best insight and commentary on what's going on with cars and the people who make them. I'll be out of town tomorrow, but don't miss another great show with the auto extremist, Peter DeLorenzo. That's tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, on AutoLine After Hours. And that's it for today's report on the latest news in the global automotive industry. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.